Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Game over! Welcome to Game Over Toronto after an exhilarating, exhilarating game, which saw two titans clash and nah, not really. It was actually kind of a kind of a for on uh, for the Leafs side. My name is Fuad Suleiman. On the other line over here is Armand Pontiki. Armand, how'd you feel about that? It was interesting. It was interesting. I mean, a lot of um, bounces, I would say. It was frustrating for Leafs fans. Uh, definitely frustrating for me, but uh, you know, it's the way it goes. You know, I think like the Leafs did get. Played a bit, you know. I think the result isn't exactly unexpected, but my God, the amount of bounces that went off of Leafs, like into the back of the net, like uh, you gotta feel bad for Martin Jones here. Oh, I feel terrible for Martin Jones. You saw my? Did you see my tweet? I said he's still awesome. Damn it! Like he is, like he's one of the best stories, like in the league, right? Like, like in the league, like it's like this guy was gone. Like he was gone from like he was bought out. He was considered an albatross. In the minors, now he's claimed and he gets the opportunity again. We'll get to that, but uh, just want to uh, let's start off with the first period here. Like you know, the for actually let's start off obviously because you know we had the ceremony for one John Tavares thousandth point. Now I, I did not catch why did this happen now and not the last home game. Probably just a you know, a time thing. Yeah. Getting everything ready because they had to have the painting commissioned. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess the... And all that stuff. Like, I, I'm assuming oh. that takes time. Uh, I don't know if they, <laughs> you know, they probably could have predicted it would happen soon so they could have had it done earlier. But uh, it, that's just how it works. But honestly, I, I loved it. The, the entire, you know, presentation was really well done. I loved the, the tribute video. I loved the little sticks that all his kids got. Oh, it was they were so cute. cute. They were so cute. John Tavares' kids are adorable. Um, and yeah, the painting was sick too. Uh, someone tweeted, uh, I think it was Katie, uh, at It's Mitch Marty on Twitter, that uh, there were little, uh, you know, names of his family throughout the painting on his glove or on the stick and stuff. And yes. That's a really good idea. So that's really cute, yeah. Just well done. Well done tribute. Great ceremony. Well, yeah, they do a great job there. The Game Ops Department does a great job. Love that Daryl Sittler just comes out of nowhere, just like, here's the sticks. Like here you are, because he's always there. Like, I don't know if you, I've worked like if you've been to these games. Yeah, no, he's always there. Always there. He is. He's a legend. He lives in the Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, it's worth worth celebrating because like you know, put some perspective in it on it, and then we'll move on. But like he's the 98th person to do that thousand points, 
How many players have played in the NHL? Like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands over the last hundred years. Like that's an extremely big accomplishment. Love that. So yeah, we'll get with the first period. We you know we had they they look like the shakiness started in the first period. Honestly, like I like it was loosey goosey. A lot of bad turnovers. Like they didn't get punished for it in the first period. But man, Domi. And Nick Robertson, that line that we love, provides great energy, great spark. But my goodness, some of the turnovers that they coughed up in that first period. Oof. All game, honestly. Like, they, they had a rough, rough game overall. Yeah. I thought their puck management was pretty awful. You know, they were coughing up pucks that should have been easy breakouts, uh, especially through the neutral zone. And it resulted in, like, multiple chances against it. Really, they got bailed out, especially in that first period. Uh, by Martin Jones uh, on quite a few saves, um, but yeah, uh, the rough game for both Nick Robertson and Max Domi. I think I don't have like the expected goals numbers up in front of me, but I can't imagine they won their minutes in the expected goals. I the, I wouldn't I expect test, it. <laughs> I just definitely backs that up because yeah, just rough game for them. Like puck management was awful. Just yeah, it was pretty. But in the first period, like they didn't get they didn't get hurt by it. You know they kind of they were fine. Like they were fine, but the first period he got came out zero zero. So I was like, okay, it's still a good game. It's still got they still got time to start playing, and they started the second period out with a pretty pretty furious pace. They had three early shots, getting a lot of second chance, like getting a lot of chances and cutting off cutting down a little bit on those like insanely bad turnovers. But like how I mean how many those turnovers like look, we're gonna get to Martin Jones in a second, but how many? And like great ten beller saves, he had to make right in front of the net. Like that's how many times those turnovers got in front of the net. Yeah, they were a little sloppy with the puck. I also thought the Rangers weren't all that good. Like Shesterkin had an amazing game as well. Um, you know, speaking to the start of the periods, I thought each period, period one, two, and three, the Leafs started up started off like really, really hot on pretty much you know every first minute of the period. Um, but then things kind of cooled off and uh the rangers kind of capitalized on some of the plays there but yeah just a, a little bit of you know sloppy defensive decision making uh by the leafs today and it ends up you know you know obviously the, the goals against were unlucky like they were all pretty much unlucky oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> but you also create your own luck and we gave them enough chances you know shooting at the net you know with chaos in front that you know Sometimes the bounces don't go your way, and part of that is making sure that you're defensively sound. And it, it was just a weird night. Like I, I don't blame anyone on any of the goals, but it's weird, yeah. But even if those goals didn't go in, right? Like some of the other goals should have gone, in, or some of the other shots should have gone in, and Martin Jones just managed to bail us out, you know. So it's sort of one of those nights that I feel like we got outplayed, but also it's very frustrating because the goals are so stupid. Especially that first goal. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to get to that. Because you said the word bounce, and boy, did the bounces not go their way. I felt like, you know, sometimes when I deal with tech issues on this, that's how, that, I find that being a bad bounce. You know, when the internet goes off, and that happened there. You know, it was just that first goal. Just, it just took two bounces, goes off of, I believe, who in front was Morgan Riley in front? Or that was the second goal. Because there was a lot of bounces. I kind of lost it. But just nothing. It was nothing that Martin Jones could do. And it just rolled gently into the net like a fed, like a little tumbleweed 
in the middle of the desert. Yeah. It was. And you know it's a stupid goal when even the team that scored it is just like. <laughs> you saw like Keandre Miller yeah. after the goal, and he was just like flabbergasted that that went in. And yeah, it's just like what like what can you do about that? I don't blame anyone in that you know play. And bounce it takes a weird like double bounce essentially, and slowly, slowly, slowly trickles by uh, Jones, and he doesn't even see it. He doesn't have time to like react because he has no idea where it is. So. It sucks, but it's the way the game goes sometimes, and you kind of have, just have to move past it and you know get back and, and tie it up, which they did. Which they did. Be- very, very shortly after, normally it's the other way around. The Leafs score first, they give the goal up, which they did in this game as well. But you know, Morgan Riley creates the goal there. I mean, Morgan Riley being has been absolute workhorse this season. Completely underappreciated yeah. and under-talked about, but he is... The glue that binds that defense together. And it's 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 a lot of pieces, but he's the glue that binds it. He almost had a c- catastrophic turnover in the, in the first. He falls in the blue line. But, you know, he was good. But then he creates the goal by just <laughs> circling into the zone and just drops it for Matthews, who I don't even think it was a good pass, but it lands behind Austin Matthews. And I don't know, in a tenth of a second, he gathers it from behind, Looks, snipes, back of the net. Yeah. How many people yeah. on earth can do that but Austin Matthews? Very few. Matthews, you know, he's been absolutely insane recently. Like, I think the four games before this, he had seven goals, uh, three assists for ten points, and then today he had obviously two goals. And he's put up a crazy amount of shots uh, in that span, in that you know period as well. Like, I think before this four games, he had 27 shots in total, and I'm going to pull up how many shots he had today, because I think it was also a very high amount. Let's see. He had five shots on goal today. So he's putting up a lot of shots, and they're obviously all good, and he's doing this while sick, you know, given he missed the last game uh, from an illness. But, you know, he's just insane. Uh, And uh, it's really paying off. And, you know, you speaking on Riley, they were actually talking on the intermission as well about uh, penalty minutes, and both Matthews and Riley have not taken... A penalty this season, which is really insane given they're up against the toughest competition, getting a shitload of time on ice, and playing very well, the both of them. And, you know, to do that while also not committing any infractions is insane. And, you know, Morgan Riley on this play was absolutely key. Like you said, he kind of jumped, he jumps up uh, on the rush through the neutral zone, gains speed, he brings in two defenders. And he makes up. He makes a really good pass. Honestly, obviously, it's a little behind Matthews, but given where the defenders were, it's absolutely a great pass. And and Matthews makes no mistake. He can take that pass reception and get the puck off in an instant. And he picks that top right corner just perfectly. Um, and yeah. And honestly, that play starts in the defensive zone. You know, like oh yeah, we made a really good defensive zone uh, play where we were sort of passive on the point, and then. Uh, we pressure it a little, and then the, it forces the Rangers to make a bad pass, and Bertuzzi manages to clear the zone uh, to get it to Matthews in the neutral zone. And so that's just a really well-executed play, you know, defense-to-offense transition. You have a defender jumping up on the rush as well, and Matthews an elite goal scorer. You know, you can't give him too many chances like that without expecting him to score. So, yeah, just really, really good bounce-back shift there. Ah, totally. I mean... Yeah, it was good to see. Like he's always the one to bring the momentum back. Like that's what he does. Like he's always seems to be shifting 
the momentum when things are not going well. Like it, it's just you have that kind of guy where he can just just change the complexion of any game that he's in. Um, yeah, uh, just just so you know, uh, you, you kind of went black for a second. You went dark. I brought you back into the screen. I brought Armand back to life. There was a bit of a glitch in the Zoom because that's what happens with Zoom calls and connecting all this together. Where well, he's back. Armand is back. See, right. bad bounces. Like I told you, like bad bounces. That's I, I can relate to the bad bounces. <laughs> so again, as we go, as we stay on brand with the show, uh, another stupid bounce. This time off of Morgan Riley, a person we just started praising. Alexis yeah. Lafreniere shoots it from the point, goes like a, a weird angle that probably wouldn't have went in anyway, and it just just ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Again, this is something that I think starts, you know, just because we created a situation where we could be a little unlucky. The Legacy holding penalty wasn't good. He was very obvious about it. They had to call it. Oh, yeah. And, it was, you know, like, the PK was excellent, you know, up until, like, eight seconds left um, where a stupid bounce goes in. But, you know, <laughs> I think the first minute, the Rangers didn't even get a single chance, you know? Like, they the Leafs cleared the zone three times prior to the goal, and then it's just a bad bounce. And there's nothing, again, that you can really do with that because, you know, it's... <laughs> like the Leafs defended well Jones was great on the PK it just was a bad bounce it just goes off of Riley who blocks the shot in a fine manner like he made himself big and it just hits his arm and darts into the net like there was it went so fast there was no way that Jones could even react to no. the tip Again. so <laughs> like what are you gonna do with that like it's just impossible to save two stupid ass bounces go in and you kind of just gotta pick yourself up and you have an annoying uphill climb uh, after the dumb bounces, but, you know, like, I don't know. The only thing I can say is Legison shouldn't have taken the initial penalty. No, oh, it was right. a rough penalty. Like, I mean, and, and Legison's, Legison's been decent in his role, too. Like, he's, he's been great. He's been great. But, like, he's a great defensive defenseman in his role, but, yeah, that's pretty pretty rough. You can't give yourself, especially when the luck going that you're going that way, and also giving the Rangers power plays is not a good idea. That team will absolutely make you pay for every single mistake you make. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we saw a big chance for Nylander getting away from everyone on the team, but the puck just gets away from him there. I thought that was going to be the, the tying goal there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I honestly did too. I mean, you know, they got their chance, but like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, okay. So then we get to the third, and then who but? Who but? Austin Taylor. Poppy Matthews, again, just somehow just gets behind Charlie Lindgren. Like, nobody... It's like, have you heard of this man? Like, the, the, you heard of Austin Matthews? Point-blank shot, back of the net. That made 25 goals on this year. Now... Yeah, 25. When... Now, when you hear 25 goals, you think of like, oh, that guy, that's a great season for a second-line player. Like, what a great... I hope that player turns into a 25-goal score. I'd be really happy... He got that in two months. Two months. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, like, what is this? The, I think it is his 28th game overall. Wow. Which is crazy. Nine goals. Five in, goals. Nine goals in five games. Eight games. Yeah. What, like, I, you know, like, just drinking, like, again, it was the exact same placement. Yeah. Like, pretty much the exact same placement in terms of top 
I think it was top right corner above uh, Shesterkin's glove. And the release is so quick. In the Honestly, this is one play that I think the Rangers want to have back um, because they just gave him so much open space. And McCabe had all the time in the world below the goal line to, you know, make that pass. And they really didn't pressure him all that much. But the Leafs played this perfectly again. You know, if we're counting, you know, non-bouncing goals, the Leafs would be up to nothing. But they don't ask how, they ask how many. And the Leafs are just tied. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. The shot is unstoppable. On Perfect mix of accuracy, power, and a deceptive quick release. Unreal shot. But, like, the game has gone. It, it's like the, the rock, they keep pushing the rock up the mountain. The rock keeps falling back down. Braden Schneider, somehow, from the back end, being a defensive defenseman, making his second goal of the year, gets behind Jake McCabe, who's lost, and Tavares, who just, he kind of just walked by Tavares. I know it was his big night, but he walked by Tavares, and in this very strange goal, gets a breakaway, essentially, back of the net again. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was just a... That was really the one goal that I think all of the Leafs should be a bit upset at themselves about, really. Because that that was a goal where the defensive structure just completely broke down. Like, Bertuzzi, I think, maybe forechecked a little too far. Goes through, unimpeded. You know, complete miscommunication by Tavares and McCabe. Uh, And, yeah, he just makes no mistake. I thought Jones... Uh, played it fine. Uh, Schneider sort of fanned on the shot, it looked like. And uh, Jones thought it was going to go high and it went low and uh, it beats him. But, like, that's a play you don't want to see happen because it's tied and I think there was, like, what, 10 minutes to go in the game? Yeah. And to have a breakdown in your structure, like, oh, uh, apparently I don't have audio. Uh, uh, let's see now. Uh, I think... It's back. Okay, it's back. It's back. Might have been a little glitch in the system. He's back. You're back. You're back. Keep talking. Say it again. Say it again. So, yeah. What I was saying is essentially that, uh, you know, Schneider's goal was just a really bad breakdown in structure, and it's something that you don't want to see with 10 minutes to go in the game when it's tied. Uh, McCabe gets caught. <laughs> McCabe gets caught, uh, you know, on the uh, covering Wheeler on uh, on the short side. Or, sorry on the wall and doesn't really communicate with Tavares too well that uh, you know Schneider was his man Schneider uh, Tavares gets caught flat footed and takes a bad angle and Schneider kind of goes through the neutral zone unimpeded he goes through and makes you know an entry uh, unimpeded and then just flies by Tavares and gets the essentially a breakaway chance and makes no mistake Uh, it was a bad breakdown in structure I think it comes down to being a you know uh, an issue with miscommunications between Tavares and McCabe, but it's something that you really don't want to see in a tie game with 10 minutes to go. Because, uh, you know, most NHLers, if you give them that chance, will make a pretty good go of it. And uh, Jones doesn't really have a chance here either, as he thinks it's supposed to, he thinks it's going to go high and Schneider goes low. But yeah, you know, you don't want to see a play like that where it's such a bad defensive breakdown. Uh, and it, 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 to me, it was careless hockey. And, and that's the one goal that I think all of the Leafs should want back because it's, it it's a, difference. a really good play by Schneider. Credit to him. Like, he recognized the space and he utilized it perfectly and he made no mistake on the finish. And great speed. So credit to Schneider, but bad, bad, bad defending by the Leafs on that one goal. 
and that's really the only one I want back out of all of them that's the one where I'm like 2-2 game if you don't make that play you don't know what happens you're not pushing for offense and and uh, you know playing the rest of the game you know trying to 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 generate offense and, and sacrificing a bit of your defensive structure for the rest of the game and you, who knows maybe we win that game if Tavares and McCabe don't have that miscommunication so that's one that I think really was the change yeah. turning point of the game really and speaking of bad defending uh, we saw an almost catastrophic turnover again by Connor Timmons Timmons yeah I have a theory is Connor Timmons just like lower usage Jake Gardner because like He's got some offensive moments, but boy, boy, do I just—he makes one a game. Like, like he doesn't play that much. Like, yeah, I like him. I mean, it seems a good player offensively. He's not someone you could start with in the playoffs. I, I can't do. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Seeing it on a stick in a playoff game, couldn't do it. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Yeah, like it was a, it was a tough play, and you know you don't want to see him make that high risk play so close to the you know defensive blue line, but also you know what I think, you know we were down one goal. It was late in the game. You kind of want to make, and maybe he was pushing for offense. So I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, Timmins uh, sometimes, you know his puck management near our own blue line isn't the best. But with that being said, I think he has more success than failure. So I'm not. Again, not too worried about it, but yeah, it was it was a rough, rough giveaway there, and, and Jones bailed him out like completely, and it almost went off of him on the rebound too. Yeah, so, yeah, tough game for him. And the PS to resistance finally mwah, to cap it all off, another deflection. Uh, this time from Artemi Panarin from the point off of I I don't even know anymore who they I got lost who they got to keep going off of everyone just went off everyone went off all of us into the net Legison Legison okay I should have I should have made like a card of like who <laughs> bounced off of who oh boy yeah, yeah. It, it, it's another tough one I mean like this is another one that went on the uh, power play and you know this was I think the first game. Uh, in the season that we didn't get a power play opportunity. I am not going to complain about the officiating in any way because I think the penalties we got were definitely penalties and I didn't think anything was particularly egregious in terms of non-calls on the Rangers side. No. But uh, yeah, we didn't have the opportunity to go on the power play and they scored on two power play goals and you know I think you know our PK was fine you know throughout the game. I don't think they gave up much in terms of chances, but uh, you know that's the way it goes sometimes. And honestly, like the one thing I would say with this one is, I was surprised that they put Marner and Matthews as the first PK unit. I know we're pushing for offense, but I thought they would come out as the second unit when the the first power play unit may be like a little tired and you can capitalize on errors. But they were the first ones to come out, and they did actually a pretty good job of defending uh, and almost got a few breaks uh, to to make an offensive rush, but. Uh, when the second unit came on, uh, you know, the Rangers kind of just threw it on net and it goes off of Legison's skate. Again, nothing can be done. You can't blame Jones. I will not blame Legison on that. He was positionally sound. It just bounced off of him. And, yeah, it, was, it just felt like a scheduled loss. Yeah. Like, it was like the least totally. too well. Like, nothing is going to go right for you today. <laughs> like, just other than Matthew's scoring. Like, you know, just, uh, I don't know. It's one that I'm going to throw in the trash and move on, you know? Yeah, you know, I like I like that too. I, I think so as well. It's one of those. There was a lot of good points about it. Like uh, Martin Jones to me, 
it's a very interesting thing about Martin Jones is that he is... So, like, if I ask you a question, who do you think on this team right now, like, on the team itself, like, not Marley's or whatever, on the team right now, at the trade deadline, who would you think is the most likely to not be on the team? Because I think, personally, it'd be Ilya Samsonov. I, I, I don't think I agree. And partly because, like, firstly, you don't want to go into no. a playoff series, I think, with Jones as your backup. And... I guess he'll be as your third stringer just because, you know, injuries happen sometimes like Colorado and their cup run, I think used Michael Hutchinson as a third stringer, you know, like, you know, things happen, injuries happen. So I would hate to to lose Samsonov, you know, at the trade deadline, especially because I think he'll bounce back. Uh, But Mark, to that point, Martin Jones has given the Leafs some stability on their goaltending end because I was really worried when Wall went down that we would be absolutely screwed. Yeah. I think a lot of Leafs fans were worried about that. And (laughs) rightfully so. Oh, I was too. Uh, Totally. Yeah, like Jones has not been good for seven, eight seasons in terms of save percentage. You know, he's getting wins, but his save percentage is a little, you know, in the dumps and it has been for a while. Yeah. And also... Um, he was not good for the Marlies this year. He's not been good for the Marlies at all, and Hildeby has essentially far outperformed him on the Marlies. <laughs> so he came up, and I was a little worried, but you know, his first three games, he had a shutout. All three of them were wins. He had a goals against of like 1.85 uh, and a save percentage of 949. So stellar coming into this game, and I thought he gave the Leafs every single chance to win this one. And his numbers have gone down drastically because of this game, but it does not reflect his play today. And I will say I'm far more confident right now in Martin Jones than I ever was since we acquired him. And it's given us stability because I have very little confidence in Samsonov in his current stage of yeah. play. Right? I think Samsonov is a better goalie than Martin Jones. I think most people would say Samsonov is a better goalie than Martin Jones. It's just a matter of getting some consistency out of Samsonov, which has always been his issue. And so that's something that I think we need to figure out. But by the time the season ends, I'm fairly certain Samsonov is still our backup and Martin Jones will be in the AHL, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, Martin Jones should be a capable third stringer, and I think he is. And I think he's a very good third stringer. um, And he's managing to get us wins and good play in a pinch and uh, I just don't I'm not certain of that being a consistent thing over a large amount of games yeah. you know fair and that's a fair point but like to me I'm, I always think I'm like it's also on the player side right like if you look at a guy like like I mean Samsonov is, is in a contract year right like he took a qualifying offer yeah. he might I mean him and his agent might be like yo we're lighting money on fire right now like it just just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Actually, yeah from a player's end, if I'm Samsonov and like I'm being supplanted now by a third stringer who we thought was all washed up, man, I, I, I'd be looking elsewhere too. Like that's just me. I'd be like, damn, I need an opportunity to show my stuff because right now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be hot in the free agent market. They do, will they, you know, will they acquiesce to that demand? Probably not. But there's also a chance that you know Brad Living might look and say. If this keeps up by Martin Jones and they think and Wall would come back healthy, this is what my thought process is. Like you have those two, and maybe Brad Living looks at this. He can make he could take that three point five and put it somewhere else, right? 
where it's like yeah. I don't know it, it would be it would take some creative GMing that I don't know if if they're gonna if Brad Trilling has that in him but it was something, something to look out for I think there's something to look out for but Martin Jones it's such an interesting story like this guy's been bought out waived everything I mean in 2015 he was traded for a first round pick wait like he was too he was traded in a big package the Boston Bruins acquired him from yeah. the Kings I believe and uh, yeah. he, he was he sought to be a starter right yeah yeah I mean I, you know that's fair like I, I don't know like with with Martin Jones another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Steve actually had a great tweet earlier where he said last year, you know, Jones had a save percentage of 887, but he still had 27 wins in 43 games which is nuts. Um, and, uh, you know, all goalies with the season, the save percentage of 888 or worse since 2000. Jones has the most wins with 27. Yeah. You'd have to go back to like 95 to see someone with a save percentage lower with more wins. So it, it, he's, he's an enigma of a goalie, in my opinion. Like, you know, he, he gets wins, but like, I don't know. Like, I just don't trust him overall. Yeah, he's still fair. And like he was positionally really sound. He didn't overplay. Like he had a lot of poise, which I love in goalies. Is when they don't overplay it, like a complete, you know, opposite of like Garrett Sparks and Michael Hutchinson. Uh, Like he was just positionally sound. He didn't overreact. He moved laterally quickly, but didn't you know move to a bad position where he just overplayed uh, overplayed the puck. So, like, I, I have a lot of faith in Martin Jones as a third goalie. Uh, but I, I really do have faith in Samson not that he'll bounce back. And, uh, you know, like, looking at him, he was a first-rounder, uh, Washington, uh, from Washington. And, you know, he's got skill. We've seen it last year. Yeah. So, like, I, I have full faith that he'll figure it out. No doubt about it. Well, I yeah, so, I mean, that's I, I depth is a good thing to have. I Like, I, I would like to see that depth. Just a thought experiment, I'd say. Um... Everybody watching, thank you very much for watching through uh, some little bit of uh, hiccups here. But uh, if you guys have any questions, drop them down in the chat. Uh, we'll get to you guys in the back portion of this show. Uh, another story that like, so I, I was listening to the, the uh, latest STP and they were talking about the Jonas Siegel article came out about um, Max Domi is not the third line center for the playoffs. Now people were getting on him. Uh, people were getting on him about like you know that oh you're being too negative, being too negative. I, I don't see it that way. Maybe because I'm, I mean, of all four of us, I'm kind of the negative Nancy of the group sometimes. So it's like I'm always the pragmatist, but I, I think it's it's a, it's a good thought experiment because you know you might think it's ready for the playoffs until the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. is it nitpicking? Maybe, but I think we need to nitpick, right? What do you think? I don't know. Like, I also thought that, like, you know, people ragging on Jonas Siegel for that article is a little weird. Like, you know, he's he's paid to write articles, and if it was all just, like, positive stuff, it'd be kind of weird. Um, I think Domi uh, is an interesting player. I thought he, I think he's been good as a center, as a third-line center, and I think he's been good throughout the season. 
uh, being paired with Nick Robertson. I think they've generated a lot offensively. Uh, that doesn't mean he is without mistake. Um, you know, in the Columbus game where we came back with five goals and lost in OT, he was largely a reason that OT goal went in. He was had a chance to change. He didn't take the change. He ended up being hemmed in the zone, and he ended up being the one who lost coverage. Those mistakes happen with Max Domi. We know this. You know, he's not defensively the best player, and when you're playing center, you're relied on a little more, a little more uh, on the defensive end, and we saw it today as well. You know, sometimes he gets caught out there, and that may not be the best for playoffs. But at this point in time, I do disagree with Jonas Siegel. I don't think it's a dumb article by any means, but I do think that uh, Domi does provide uh, a good, healthy amount of secondary scoring, and maybe not him scoring but creating scoring chances for his wingers, especially when he's paired with guys like Nick Robertson and Kelly Arncroke, who can shoot the puck and are finishers, right? Like, Domi, I think, is very high-ranked in uh, 5v5 assists uh, this season, and I think he does a really good job at getting slot passes off, um, and I think the stats are there to prove that as well. Uh, so I do think he provides something that's a big positive for the Leafs and something that we've been missing uh, in previous years but he has flaws to his game and those flaws can be exploited especially in the playoffs uh, you know with his defensive zone collapses and his uh, you know uh, you know the amount of penalties he takes for example can be exploited in the in the in the playoffs as well so like you know there are things that I would like to see him improve but I do still think he's a very solid third line center even on a playoff team and I think he provides something that I think we definitely need and overall his game with Nick Robertson is good today shit (laughs) that line was shit like I want to get that across I did not like their game today they didn't generate really much offensively and they turn over the puck multiple times resulting in a ton of saves for for Martin Jones that he had to kind of bail them out on but those games kind of happen sometimes sometimes the line doesn't click we can't expect players to kind of be on their game every night other than Austin Matthews uh, because he's insane but like absolutely overall I think he's okay you know I I I don't like you know kind of you know dump you know dumping on Jonas Siegel for for an article that that he wrote I think that was a fine article but uh, I do disagree with him on that one yeah you know whether or not I disagree there is unlimited there is limited amount of resources and yeah. that's just the, just the case. I'd like them to get I, to go, go ahead and get like Steven Stamkos to be their third line center. I'd love that. You know, like I'm just <laughs> pulling names. I'm just, boldly, you know, I would love that. I'd love, but there's only a certain amount of resource, so many amount of cap space. Yeah. Allocate that to the defense. Like that's what I say. I will be fine with Domi at, with the, on the bottom six as a third line center. I think I'm totally fine, you know, <laughs> Totally, totally fine with that. You know, if you get some more help on the back end, like that is the number one, number two, number three priority for this team, in my opinion. But, you know, yeah, as they're getting healthy tonight. I think most people would agree with you too. Like defensive help is a need, but also you kind of have to consider a couple things. Like obviously our defensive results this year have been not very good, both in in terms of goals against uh, and also expected goals against. We don't rank very well in either of those, and I think we've been propped up by some pretty solid goaltending from Joseph Wall. 
um, and some pretty good goal scoring from the rest of our team. Like, you know, I think we're, I think we rank in like the top five in terms of five and five goals for and total goals for as well and expected goals for, right? So offense hasn't been an issue for us. With that being said, it has been in the past, especially secondary scoring. And, you know, we talked about it last year. Defense wasn't an issue last year. And like you say, there are limited resources. And if we take away from the secondary scoring to, to add to the defensive end, you also risk the same problem popping up from last where your secondary scoring runs dry and then your, you know, stars get, you know, just completely negated in the playoffs and you don't have any offense, right? So yeah. it's a tough position to be in for the Leafs because they can only allocate so many resources to all these issues at one time. And, you know, you you have a lot of cap, you know, in your top six and maybe you should just trust them to not, you know, get shut down in the playoffs. And I would love for that to happen, but historically, sometimes you need secondary scoring, and we've seen that in the past. And I, I do struggle with the idea of taking away from our third line, especially our bottom six scoring, to add to the defensive core when our defensive core has been essentially decimated this entire season, and we really haven't seen a healthy decor since, like, game five, you know? Yeah. It's kind of tough to actually evaluate this team's defense when it's been like Legacy and Benoit and Lejoie, who are AHLers. Like, if they're playing in the playoffs, we're fucked. You know? Like, but that's that's gonna happen to every team. You know, you take out three of your top six D men, you're gonna have a rough go of it. You know, you can't expect every NHL team to have nine, you know, good NHLers. Uh, on the back end like that's just not really reasonable so I, I do want to see a healthy lineup for our decor before making any moves like that although I do agree that it is a um, it is a need at this point in time I just don't know if taking Domi away or taking especially like a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi who I think has been excellent recently uh, away um, from that secondary scoring I, I just really think that that'll, that'll neuter us in the playoffs when you know, or if, um, you know, our, our top four guys run dry, you know? Yeah. But, it, it, you know, you pick and choose your battles, honestly. Like, it, it's tough to to actually, you know, get a solution here because you give and you take, right? Like, you're either getting good defense and, and sacrificing your offensive uh, ability or, or the opposite. And you kind of have to make that choice with the way our roster is structured. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you have to, you got to pick and choose your battles. You got, you got to pick what part is more important to you. Now, secondary scoring has failed in the past, and that's why I like having Max Domi down there. Whatever the expense at defense is, we'll find out. But at the end, of, I would like to see defense on the defensive end. Like, that's what I want to see from the back end. Uh, yeah, so guys, get in your questions here for our presser. I think we covered pretty much most of what we got on our plate here uh armand are you gonna get are you free on your christmas wish list are you looking to get a brand new leafs jersey an official leafs jersey like from fanatics are you gonna get a fanatics leafs jersey no i'm not getting it you see that detroit one? Oh yeah that was great i i'm sorry i know this is not a detroit stream i can't go away without seeing but that i want to show this uh i don't know if you can see it on stream can you see it yeah it's a Nylander jersey I got on the Columbus game. I went to it. It was a wild game. 
There were boos so loud in the oh second division, and then the cheers were crazy when Matthew scored that 5-5 goal. <laughs> and it's signed. How did you get that? Would you you win an auction or something here? I my girlfriend won uh, a contest, and she she got it, and now it's in the background of my game over setup. Dang! And it's amazing. I love it. Jeez! It's a it's a great early Christmas gift. Great. Signed Nylander jersey. Goodness me! Well, I'm glad I asked that question because I was I was asking it in the form of a joke. But you should have told you should have led with that. But no, <laughs> no. But the the. the the Fanatics jerseys was just that Detroit jersey. This I'm gonna be a side note. That like, how do you let that? I, that jersey's probably three hundred dollars too. I would rather spend three hundred dollars on pizzas and not pick up the pizza and get that jersey. Yeah, that that jersey was a joke. Honestly, like <laughs> that should have never got past like several layers of QA that that should have happened there in terms of you know from Fanatics, but also you know the store itself that stocked it like i just don't know how that happened like that it's a it's a bad mark on the league that that made it to the store an official store you know that should never be anywhere sold anywhere let alone an official store made by an official brand for the nhl it's it's disgusting and if you haven't seen it go look at it it's a red wing amazing jersey and it's just everything is off about it like it just it's, it's disgusting. Su- like, I just don't know what to say about I'm it. surprised <laughs> they didn't spell Iserman with E-Y-E Zerman, honestly. I would have been I'm shocked that they didn't make that mistake. That jersey looked like I, I had a better jersey. My first jersey was like a plain Leafs jersey as a kid. And we went to Woodbine Mall in Rexdale and we got it like custom custom with like like not even the stitching. It's like the like the paint on the back. Tucker. Alright, that was the one I wanted. That was better than whatever the hell that Eisenman jersey was. Or you could yeah. buy a Vancouver Anux mug, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, okay, we have a couple questions, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I agree. Like, it's – it was awful. Yeah. All right. Uh, so a question here from Matthew at SDPN. Do you want the Matthews-Marner split up to continue? Um, yes. I think – they are better, not necessarily better apart, but I think Matthews has been scoring at a clip uh, with Nylander, and I think Marner has also looked a lot better, and I think both lines are working right now, so don't mess it up until they falter. Uh, that's just my opinion on it. I do like Matthews and Marner together, but why change things when Matthews is on a heater and Marner's playing well? Do you find Matthews gets more shots out, like gets more looks when it's not with Marner? Because he's been getting amazing amount of looks. Like he's been getting oh, yeah, so getting many shots. Looks. But honestly, I think that's also just in part to Matthews being on his game. You know, like I would say that the difference between Marner and Nylander, or the biggest difference, is the pace of play is a, is vastly different. Marner plays a very large like east and west game that doesn't rely on rush chances really at all and more relies on slowing the play down to his speed and, and, and you know, passing, you know, cross, cross the ice and, and getting Matthews, like, one-time shots, whereas Nylander plays a very strong north, north-south game where he jumps up on the rush a lot, and I find that Matthews is getting a little more shots off recently. Um, I would have to kind of look at the numbers and look at the tape to see why that is exactly, but I, I think it's undeniable to say that he has been excellent recently and uh i would think that nylander has something to do with that so definitely i would say keep them away from each other 
until something uh, occurs that you know requires change. And it, it, the same goes for when Matthews and Marner are together. Like if they're playing well together, keep them. The the beauty of this top four is that we know that both of these line combinations work. You know, and so you can change things up and. Ooh, you know, you can change things up when things are going badly. If they're not, why why change things? Is so, any, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. What do you think? Yeah, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you know, I, I think it's eventually going to go back. I mean, it, it's a game of it's a game of runs, basically. It's a game of streaks to where it's like maybe next week we'll be saying get them back together because they all went on a big drought. You know, that's the way it goes. That's why you have these players, this many of these guys. I saw somebody like posting was, I saw somewhere like, I forget where it was. Somebody like on Twitter was suggesting like, just get one of the big, one of the big three, like, and then not Tavares, but one of the three, Matthews, Marner and Nylander on a line each. And like for the playoffs, like some kind of weird experimental stuff. I don't mind that idea in principle because it's like, the whole thing about like three, about like first line, second line, third line, like I think like egos aside and everything like that, you get one of those guys on each of, on each of your lines, the secondary scoring problem might not be a problem in the playoffs. I, I don't know, that, that's something I want to see them try. That, that would be something experimentally cool. I, I also want to see them try that. And I think they, they really should just to see what they have in that as well. So yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah, that, that, that would be fun. Like I, would just, I don't know how you make it look, you can draw it out somewhere, but like Marner, with Tavares in the first line and you put like nice and then you put Matthews with Domi and, and Bertuzzi and then you have Nylander like with Yarncroke and, and Robertson like that would just like that, that sounds like a lot of fun to me I don't know maybe down the line Sheldon Keefe will get a little squirrely and try that uh Fernando for oh, Fernando sorry asks uh can we win the division beliefs can they win the division yes I they can uh, the Bruins have slowed down, and uh, there was a post on Reddit the other day, and probably on Twitter as well, where um, we looked at, or they looked at the standings since the Sharks got their first win, and this was mainly related to the Sharks because they've been actually pretty good since they won their first game. But what was interesting to me is the Leafs have been the best team since then in terms of point percentage, um, and the Bruins have slowed down a bit. I do think that if the Leafs continue their good streak of play, like obviously today we lost, but we're coming off of a nine-game streak of at least getting a point. Uh, If the Leafs do continue, you know, this trend, and I think they've been excellent this past month, I think they'd have every chance to win this division. Yeah, I think they're on a 108-point pace pace right now, even with the the loss today. And, um, yeah, I think uh, that can improve as well as, uh, as they continue because we were off to a pretty poor start. So... You know, if all things considered, the Bruins continue on their trend downward and the Leafs continue on their trend upward, I think we have a shot. I don't think it's likely, but I think we have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, again, I don't think it's likely either, but um, it'd be something to, to, to like, you know, have a North Star or something to play for in the regular season. I think that'd be great, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know what difference it would make, really, because once it gets to the postseason, I, who knows? I mean, listen. Yeah, I mean, we've lost to Columbus in Montreal, so, like, obviously, matchups yeah. aren't everything <laughs> for the Leafs. We would still be not very confident heading into the postseason as fans. But with that being said, obviously, it does matter being, you know, top of the division and playing the wild card two spot versus, you know, playing the second or the third, the third team in the division, because that could mean, you know, playing 
you know, Florida or or Tampa again, and those are tough matchups compared to a wild card two, which could be like you know a Pittsburgh or something else like that. You know, if you look, um, if you look at the standings right now, if you got won the division, you'd probably be playing Tampa. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Tampa's not been the, that good recently. Like they're not quite the boogeyman no, anymore. But won the division, and we still got Tampa, and Bazzi was there. Yeah, I mean, oh, man. we got higher goals. We, I mean, we figured him out last year, so. They got, they, but, but yeah, it is a it is interesting. Like I, I do think we can win the division. I will say. Yeah, I mean, do you think they'd hang a divisional banner like the? the you see the Lakers? Oh, they, God, they, 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 just see the, the Los Angeles. Absolutely salty. The Lakers, they, 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 they put up, they put up the in season tournament. In season tournament. And LeBron just looks at it, just walks away. <laughs> It's the stupidest thing. Why would you hang an in-season tournament banner? You, it's you, worth nothing. You have 17 banners up there. You're the Lakers. I mean, this is not a, ho- this is a hockey podcast, but like... No, but it is dumb. Don't hang that stuff. Hang up yeah. the real stuff. At least hang up the Eastern Conference. Fine. You win the conference, that's... We can hang that up. All right. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think I think we covered it all, Armand, there. So, uh, yeah, next game, we got the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo, yes. the cursed town of the Leafs. Um, they got shelled today by the Blue Jackets. I saw. Unless they I made don't know a... what's happening in Sabres land, man. They've they they lost nine four to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I know we l- allowed six goals by the Columbus Blue Jackets, but so it's not really saying much. But still, nine goals is ridiculous. Like yeah. Jesus Christ, that's rough. Well, I mean, it, again, it's the little shop of horrors for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll see what happens on the QEW rivalry. Not sure if anybody's going to go to that. And take over, but uh, yeah, if you guys do, like, shout us out and uh, let us know how it is. But yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. My name is Fuad Solni. You can find me at Fuad underscore Sports on the Twitter. And my name is Armand Puntiki. You can find me at Armand Puntiki on Twitter. All right. Well, thank you very much again, and don't let any bad bounces go in. <laughs>